This is a fun one. It goes back to what I talk about often. Respecting the game. I go and saw a coffee shop. And, you know, when you go to certain places that open up at 5 a.m., you know what I mean, 6 a.m., you got people who went out in the cold all night. People off the street that really go in there to shelter up, you know. You got to respect the game if you're them. And I know they're out of touch with reality in a strong sense. Because they don't interact with normal people on a normal basis in normal fashion. But when them people let you come up in their coffee shop, sit in there, get warm, because it's like mad cold right now, 27 degrees, you know. They letting you come in there for hours at a time. Now, they probably don't offer you a place to come into, but they let you in there. They don't say nothing to you. They don't sweat you on many cases. You buy one drink, you're sitting in there for a couple hours. Or, in some of the cases, you buy zero drinks and come in there for hours. And you got the nerve to be sloppy in they spot. That don't work. One guy comes in there, sits next to me, pulls out all these magazines, whatever he had in his bag with him, food products, sugar packs, all that. Use them up. Let the sugar packs fly on the floor because it was windy and you know when somebody was coming in they'd open the door and the sugar packs would fly off the table and the napkins and stuff like that that's understandable but to leave it there when you get up when I saw him packing this stuff up man he, he walked towards the door I'm like I can't believe he leave all these magazine clippings sugar packs napkins used napkins on the floor and on the seat where you was at I'm like man I saw it out my peripheral. That's how much stuff it was. It's like he left a trail of stuff. Like you can't be for real, man. And then I go to the bathroom, and one of them the light wouldn't cut on initially. So I sat there and messed around with it. Finally got the light to come on, and you could see they went in there as if the light didn't work, and just that's it. The light don't work, and the bathroom was such a mess. <laughs> Junk everywhere, trash everywhere. Unbelievable. Like, how does that work, man? Somewhere in your rational mind, if you got good common sense and you're halfway decent, you don't come in there and leave nobody's spot like that. They got you sitting up in their spot, man, not sweating you, and that's how you're going to leave it, though. It always comes back to respecting the game. That never gets old. And it never gets out of style. It's always prevalent. How you conduct yourself always makes a difference. It's said that how you do anything is how you do everything, man. Now, you probably fresh off the street, so I can't say, you know, would you leave your own house that way? You can't make that example with some people. But that to say, you can't even lend somebody like that a hand. 
if you put him in a position, give him a look as far as the way they can get money, a place they can chill at, and they're like grimy. Not because of their circumstances only. It's not as if you can just clean them up, give them some new clothes, and then there you go. Go on about your business. I got to look for you. This going to be good. It's because they're out of touch with people in general by now. So, even if you wanted to put them in society, <clears throat> you found a place for them, they'll still drop the ball on it. It's kind of their fault, kind of not. And you always could be like, well, that's probably what put them in the position in the first place. In some cases, maybe so. Now, clearly, some of them had drug problems or whatever else. Because, you know, as I left the spot, I see somebody out in the street talking to themselves, having a whole conversation. At least that guy wasn't in there because then he would have interrupted me, you know. Then you're weird. The place is quiet. You can't afford to have nobody in there talking to themselves. It's going to stick out. And they're going to have to get rid of you. I understand that. This is playing coffee shop's advocate. I know they kick people out for sitting in there. Lounging, not doing nothing. Not really buying. Or buying and just hanging around for like hours out of time. You know. So I get it. That shows up in the news. As it should. Sometimes it's unjustified. But there's a reason why we go to cities... They often have combinations for the bathroom and stuff like that. People go in there and shelter up. They go in there and fall asleep, anything. And some people have been said to use drugs inside the bathrooms. I get it, man. So, I wouldn't want anybody coming to my spot doing all that. Being hot. Just weirding regular people out. Right? You got customers, dog. You can't sit there and placate to somebody who's not spending top dollar and just weirding people out. Smell funny, look funny, act funny, stand up, talking to themselves, limping around, just weird all together, man. Just smashes the whole vibe. And that's funny because I couldn't sit there for too long. I bought a movie on my phone. I was like, yeah, let me watch this. But then, like, let me watch it somewhere else, man. Let me get out of here because I'm on the road right now. So I'm like, okay. I'm going to go somewhere else and watch this. I bought it and everything. I'm ready to sit down with my movie. And it's just like, okay, you're smashing the vibe here, kid. Now, this is something to keep in mind. For anybody. Don't make it difficult for people to assist you. Don't make it difficult for people to do business with you. If people pay for your services, which I had that. Um, at a certain point, depending on who the individual is, he can't keep his feelings and the personal aspect of it out the game. So it's the thing where eventually, if for whatever reason, they don't like doing business with you or they don't like the fact that you spend so much with them, which sounds bizarre, but there are people like that. They're threatened by the fact that you spend so much with them because... In their mind, in their petty, infantile mind, you have money to blow. That's how stupid it is. You bring somebody your services on a consistent basis. It depends on who the individual is. Often this would be somebody you know who wants to compete with you somehow. But believe me, it does happen. It has happened. I've spoken on it many times. But you never make it difficult for people to do business with you. And the funny thing is, 
I believe I heard that from the same person. But yeah, it's real talk. You don't want people standing in a long line. You don't want to be pissy to your customers because you know they're like itching to do business with you. You got to keep the mentality and the, the humble of somebody who's never had that business before, who wishes they had that business before. The new person trying to get their business off the ground and just like overly kind to their customers because they don't know when the next one's coming back. They're trying to have customer retention. So they bring them in and want to keep them. They're not slopping with their customers. They're not going to have them standing in line, feeling uncomfortable or anything like that. And you always want to keep that in mind. Because it's not only a way to do business, obviously. It's a way to live. That's how it's done, man. You never make it difficult for people to assist you. You see? Wealth and allies. It's a subject I was going to tackle somewhere else. But it kind of leads right into it. If you ever ran out of money or you had money and couldn't use it or the system itself wanted to shoot down your money and take you down and drop your resources, which in certain instances, it has happened. You see, it usually happened to a celebrity when that person has come up and got off clean and they want to take their resources back. The system doesn't like the fact that your kind made that money and they went theirs back. You got too much power in the game. If you're in a group that doesn't have a lot of people with overall money and overall power, they can take down the individual people, which is why it's funny when people talk about celebrities and count the celebrities' money. So-and-so got all these millions. Why didn't he create a school? Why he give it to that school? Why don't he give it to this and do that? If we want to build, why can't we get Oprah and all these people to get their money and, like, always stand in somebody else's pocket, you see? But <clears throat> that's not how you're supposed to think overall. You see what I mean? But in those instances, those people can be dragged back down. It can certainly happen. But if it does happen, there will always be a contingent of people who will look out for them. And that's why there's wealth and resources, wealth and friends wealth and allies so you always have to look out for people and do good business with them because things can always turn against you you're going to always need somebody to assist and set you back on your feet you may need somebody in a position to do something for you even though you have the resources if you need it faster you need somebody to do it if you prepare well and something pops up You need somebody to drop what they're doing to go do it. Now, this works both ways. Often say when something happens, you have people kind of display who they are right on the spot. Some people you thought would look out, don't. And some people you thought wouldn't, do. Now, that happened to me recently in the spring. I hit two people and asked them for the same solution to my problem. A way they can assist. The guy who is a separate guy, and I was talking about earlier, by the way, but it's a guy who I assumed I kind of felt like we were on the outs because, you know, I told you guys get emotional, man. 
he's one of the guys who count my money and, and dislike the fact that I try to push him beyond where he is. And this is sad. People will sit around with you and talk about others and they'll gossip and this, that, and other. They don't got no problem with that. They'll sit around and waste time with you, complain about how hard it is and act like they don't know why they can't take a step up. They're cool with that in most cases. But if you really want to ruffle somebody's feathers and and split your associates and friends down the middle, you push them to be great. You do that. <laughs> They'll fight you over that. You understand? Because it's an implication on the fact of where they are, what they've done, how they possibly perceive things wrong, how they wasted time, how they played victim when they didn't have to. So it makes them rethink life by you doing that, by you offering a solution and showing them the way to go. And then they have to be real with themselves because we all have self-esteem issues. It brings it to the light because now they can't lie to themselves. You offer them a solution and now they have to accept the fact that you can give them a solution because they refuse to take the effort for themselves. They will not get the solution. So how can you have tall self-esteem when you know ultimately you're going to crumble? You're not going to take the necessary action to get something done. Right? So anyway, no matter how great my resources are, there's still obstacles that are jumping away or falling away. So wealth and allies is a very real thing. So you never get over on people who look out for you. Which is the dumbest thing that people actually do. They get comfortable with somebody looking out for them repeatedly to the point where if they're a con type person, they'll try to get more out of you. You don't con a person who's looking out for you, dumb dumb. You don't con your one lane to comfortability. It's stupid. But all this makes me think of when I start talking about celebrities and their money and stuff like that, it's kind of related, kind of not. People jump on celebrities for not putting their money in a certain place. And if I had this and if I had it, I would do this. And if I had this, you know, counting people money, which is a man should never do this. A woman can afford to be silly like this. A man can't. You sit around and count people money like this. You're a loser. And somebody needs to point it out to you. Nobody around you probably going to do it because they're probably losers too. So it's been normalized. Do not get in a man's pocket. Talk about LeBron James should. Michael Jordan, he ain't nothing because he ain't done nothing for the uh, his people. And it's that never. Look here. You wouldn't because you don't. If I had this, I would. If I had this, do you exhaust your current resources to do something? No. Which makes you selfish. So you wouldn't do all this stuff you had all this money. Why? Because the reason you don't get all those resources now because you're too lazy to take the action. When you get up and you don't feel like doing it, I don't feel like, ah, me, 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 ah, 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 ah. Nah, I don't feel like, nah, man, I don't. You push them to be great and they don't want to take the action. Nah, you know, nah. I, 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 why? Because I don't feel like it. Why? Because I'm tired. Why? Why you don't read? You don't read. You know what I mean? I love to ask people that. What's the last thing you read? You know what I mean? They're like, I ain't got time. I don't got time to read. Which is a lie, number one. But even if you didn't, you'd create time. Why? Because it's not all about you. I, 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 I. Everyone who relies on you, everyone who 
depends on you. Everyone who could benefit from you being great does not because of you not wanting to do it because you don't feel like it. Because you are a loser. Basically, you need to hear it. You need to hear it for real. Because only losers don't do things because they don't have the time. They don't feel like it. And uh, I always say this. If you want to steal the energy out of a room, because you walk in a room with a with certain guys in certain environments sitting around and they loud and amped up and talking and you hear the energy when you step in the room, I say the more nothing a topic is, the more excitable it is to them. So if you want to come in the room and just die down the energy, you see all that energy they got? I love your fervor. You're pretty nauseable. I got some action for you to take. I got an assignment you can take on. I got something that'll benefit you. It'll steal the action and energy right out of the room. Then, when you stop talking about the ball game and the lottery number, and you got a lot of energy, a lot of fervor, don't you? Well, look here, this is what you can do with the talents you do have. X, Y, Z, Z, Z. And then his response will be, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, let me know, man. Uh, uh, uh. That's it. You want to steal the energy out of the room, get somebody your task. Because they got a whole lot of energy with nowhere to put it. So when you talk about you would do all this if you had the money, that's a lie. And you can con another person next to you who's a non-action taker. They'll go for that. But they know they can't sell that to me and that gets uncomfortable. Which is why friends and allies split in half when I come around. But I'd rather see who's who. Because one of the losers guy who put me up on good information before put me up on good game. He said, if I got to lose $20 or lose a small amount dealing with somebody to find out who they are, then I'll take that chance. It's a good look in the long run to know who's who. And that's what I want to know. You see that? So when people count out, anybody count anybody else's money, like, yeah, I would, I would. Then go get the resources then. Go get your millions and break it down. How about that? Have you exhausted every opportunity? And every option, no, you haven't. Because you don't never go to the library and go to the biography section, autobiography section. And it's been said to me, I got to thank Tyler for this, R.S.D. Tyler. He said, man, if somebody lived their whole life and paint a picture the best they can for you to replicate what they did. Telling you all the things they knew, all the things they lucked up on, and encapsulated in one book. All the successful people you can think of basically have biographies, documentaries. They take all these steps, live a whole life and put it in one book. And you'll walk right by it repeatedly like, nah, I don't know. So have you exhausted every resource with somebody who went around, been successful, took the lumps, turn around and give you the highlights of the information, the bullet points, you understand? Turn around and give it to you, and you're so dumb and silly that you'll leave it there. You hand somebody a book, one loser in particular, hand him a book, like he's scoffing and being cute. And then wonder why life keeps kicking him in the ass every time he turn around, because you're hard-headed. And there's nothing noble about being hard-headed. But your environment makes you think, because you, a lot of guys, I'll be around, we're in a matriarchal society where they're feminized. Women can do that. Women can be successful. Women can be silly. Either or. It doesn't matter. Ultimately. Because there's always some simp who's going to take them in and roll out the red carpet anyway. They can do that. They can afford to be successful or not. But you, male, you can't do that. Can you? 
You got a lifetime of experience and proof to show that to you. Dumb, dumb. So if you never picked up biographies or you don't on a consistent basis, if you don't pick up self-improvement, this, that, and other, if you deem self-improvement as motivational, you're an idiot. They can't motivate you, but the worst thing I did was tell some guy how he can improve his financial situation. And he turns around and tells me, man, you know, because it was wasted for me to tell it to him. But if you're in my presence, you're going to get some type of game with direction from me. Always. He said, nah, man, I ain't really trying to get into motivational stuff. You know who else has motivational stuff? I'm like, dog, you completely blew past my point twice. Why? Because it ain't about motivation. This is the actionable plan. Mindset shift. Second, people do that often. To have a conversation going, they'll just throw in something that'll extend the conversation. Yeah, you know who else does? No, no, no. It wasn't for you to shoot past. It was for you to harp on and dissect. Because if I'd have brought up the ball game with some broads you sweat that you feel like you can't get, you'd have harped on it. You see that? It's a mindset. Anytime you get winner information, if you come from the bottom, you ain't going to perceive it right. So you'll blow past the information. So a mindset shift has to take place. But any guy you ever around, any woman you ever around to count somebody else's money and wonder why Oprah and Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Magic, they compare them. One does something for us. One doesn't. Uh, One, they took all the steps to get where they are, to excel in their craft. No one said, okay, here goes all these millions because you were born. It's a false sense of entitlement. They didn't get that because they were born. You obviously have not played a sport or done anything long enough and serious enough to know how difficult it is. Why do I say that? Because I can wipe the floor with any non-ball player. I got a hurt leg right now, and I'll smash any non-ball player. I'll run them up and down the court repeatedly. So, I only played high school. <laughs> so, for you to get to the point where you're playing college, you understand? A college ball player, especially in my condition right now, my hurt leg, 95% of college ball players have beat me right now. They should. And then another step up is professional. So they didn't just luck into getting all those millions. That's not how life works. And then if they're in a position to get those millions and they are LeBron James, there's so much expectation that goes with that. Do you know that when you're doing well, a lot of people commit to their own roof they have. And rather than take on more pressure, they would almost self-sabotage to get the spotlight off of them. I've had instances like that with myself. So I know that directly. Why? Because I took the action. I understand that. It took me years of harping on that to really internalize and accept that. So I know what running away from pressure looks like, loser. So when you don't take on the pressure and you're the spectator guy, you can't understand that. So this is blowing past you. This is only feeding somebody who already internalized that to begin with. Said, all I say, that's like me preaching to the choir. Anyone who would fully understand that is somewhat of an action taker. So basically, you can't become no Oprah. You can't become no LeBron James because it's too much pressure for a guy who does not internalize and take on a process and is comfortable with the pressure. So you've never done anything to become great at it. 
So you don't luck into that position. The point is, being you never pushed that far into anything, you've never earned your way to get the millions to give away. So you're selfish off the rip. Because it was about me, me, I, I, I don't feel like, ah, I ain't doing it, I, 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 I. When you don't take that action every day, and you refuse to be an action taker, when you don't get up before the sun and go get it on, you don't have a battery in your back, the fervor to, to go out and really take this thing on, a purpose driven. You never say to yourself, yeah, see, I'm not going to do this because I don't deem the people around me important enough to take this action for them. My partner doesn't truly deserve an action taker. She doesn't deserve the results of an action taker. She's not important enough for me to take this action. My child has enough to eat. That's good enough. I said I wanted my child to have more than I had and this, that, and other. But they're not important enough. Because I'm going to lay here when the sun come up. And I can hear somebody give me the front and backwards on how to do it. I can have people lay it out in books Guides, seminars, and I'm just going to ignore it like it ain't there. Why? Because they're not important enough. I'm not important enough. But I wonder why I have low self-esteem, though. I wonder why I pick a partner from low self-esteem, though. I wonder why I have to buy more items from low self-esteem, though. Because when I stand in front of that person from the opposite sex, I don't know why they're supposed to relent to my order. It all ties into each other, dog. So you buying more items does not cover the fact that you're not gamed up. Does not cover the fact that you do not have proper self-esteem. You can't bluff that. See that? You can't bluff that. You tried. Hasn't history shown you that you can't bluff that? Haven't you seen the results that you can't bluff that? Don't you get it? Doesn't the fact that Freeze thinks he's so this and he's uppity and you're this and, you, and if you're so this, I get so much vitriol and people snipping at my feet that I wasn't sure I was it until you keep showing me on a consistent basis. Because all my emotional friends turn their back at the same time. Why? Because I'm tearing them out the frame in their mind. They thought they were competing with me. And they're so silly that when I show them the way, they still don't listen. So which one is it? Right. So you got to respect the game and those who look out for you always. And it's always larger than you. Lifestyle is always larger than you. Even if you're selfish, do it for you then. (laughs) You understand? If you're selfish, do it for you. Just do it though. You've been hearing just do it from Nike for all these years. And you never gave it a true definition, did you? If I were to say to anybody coming up, any young buck, I wouldn't have this intricate laid out plan for him. You know what I would say to him? Nike gave it to him. You know, just do it. Why? Do you try to eat? Do you try to breathe? Do you try to walk up the street? Do you try to whine? Do you try to gossip? Or do you do it? So, young man, young woman... If you're going to do it, well, just do it. If you want to be an artist, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a consultant, 
then just do it. Not when your emotions dictate and when you're motivated. I can't stand when I hear artists say that. I'm motivated now. Well, if it take her two months, you get motivated. What were you doing for the other 59 days? You know what I mean? Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. My feelings aren't in it. My wife acting funny. Man, my husband's in my way. My husband, I can't think straight. I'm just confused right now. All this stuff that doesn't matter. You wrap yourself up in things that don't matter. And truly, you know yourself sabotaging. So young man, young woman, do it or not. Don't bluff me. Don't get around me and why I can't figure it out. And then I let you know what to do. And then you don't do it. Where do you go? That's why I always give my guys actionable plans. You want this? You want that? Okay. Being that I'm an action taker, I took enough action. And I understand your viewpoint, your standpoint. I understand where you are. I can assist you, dog. See, you're at a basic level. So I don't have to be a genius in every category, in every field. But what I do translate to other fields. So, no matter what you're trying to do, I can give you an actionable plan. So, you hear less of that. If you're around me, you won't hear people who know me come around and talk about why it's hard for them. They won't. They won't. Because I'll even joke like, do you really want an answer or are you just saying that? They don't really want an answer. So, those are the same guys. If I had this, if I, if, if I had that, if I would have, man, if, and you, you know, you got the money counting guys who'd be like, man, it wasn't nothing. He so-and-so messed that up. And you mentioned a, a singer or something. Damn, where they go? I ain't heard of so-and-so in a minute. They fell off. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, man. If I'd have had, all they had to do was, all they had to do was, if I had, if I had a hundred, that's my favorite one right here. I got guys around me do this to the second. Man, if I get this hundred thousand, if I had a hundred thousand, it's easy. If a label sign you for a million, you could just flip that million. If you're an expert at flipping money, you'd be an expert at getting money, dog. What does that mean? That means if you could flip that million, if you could flip that hundred thousand and flip it and flip it, well, flip your ten dollars to a hundred, and flip your hundred dollars to a thousand, and flip that thousand to ten thousand, and flip that ten thousand to a hundred, then and show me what you would have done then. If you was an expert at flipping money, you'd be an expert at getting money. Sit down somewhere. Who you conning, dog? This is how you think. And this is the main thing I tell people. You get around me to internalize not only a, a jewel or a nugget I could drop on you. You get around me and internalize my way of thinking. That's what you do. And remember, when you get up tomorrow and you don't take that action... Be honest with you. You're not important enough. And these imaginary people who you would help. And all this charity work you would do. If you don't do it because you're tired. If you don't do it because you don't feel like it. If you don't do it because you're stressed. If you be honest with yourself. Because I will. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. You know what I mean? Stay out of everybody else's pocket. And all the way back to what I was saying in the beginning. Which doesn't relate. But. I'm going to hop back on it. See that? Wealth and allies. You got a favorable situation. Don't be the guy who's so out of touch. 
that you step else in somebody else's environment, somebody else's establishment, and you drench it with your uncalibrated loser habits, man. This is larger than you. All this is larger than you. It's all temporary. When you don't take that action, you're destroying possibilities for you. And naturally, your attitude and spirit and your lack of resources and you getting over on people who look out for you, you're going to leave a trail of destruction, of salty, bitter energy. Your spirit won't be up. People won't respond to you in the correct way. And you'll fumble anything they give you. They can't even give you something without you messing it up. Without you fouling up what they let you into. Just like the guy in the coffee shop. Same thing. If somebody else got to come in and clean up after you. They can't give you the benefit of the doubt. They can't bring you with them. They can't find you a favorable look. Why? Because that means they associate with you. And your way of doing things reflects bad on them. If on a surface level, you do not receive properly, the etiquette, the proper etiquette of receiving, people have to deem you worthy to want to give to you typically. Often, people give to you out of tall respect, out of admiration. So you have to be a respectable enough character to, one, recognize that. And two, be able to handle the pressure and responsibility that comes with that. When I receive, I understand now. To the point where I've received enough from enough people that I didn't know that I just have to hold myself to a certain standard in general. Because what does it mean? It means there's some type of admiration. That means there's some type of way I have to conduct myself based on the way people perceive me. I can't gossip about people. I can't talk bad about people. Why? Because it's unbecoming of me. Says who? Says not only me, but they stamped it by showing it back, by reflecting it back, by giving, by offering anything from shelter to car to money to anything. There's somebody right now come flying out of nowhere and all that's built on respect, all that's built on trust. All that's built on me giving, which I couldn't do if I whined, which I couldn't do if I didn't take the action. I wouldn't be an admirable character if I did not take the action. It doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. So the proper etiquette of receiving. See, if you're from a predatorial environment, and I know plenty of guys like this, I've given them a good look. Enough so to where it would benefit them and benefit me, but... If they're like most people, they're going to drop the ball at some point or they're going to lose their drive at some point. So we can benefit each other for as long as you can keep your eye on the ball. Right? But most people sabotage it. They can't help it. 
Either they derail themselves because of feeling. And there's a bitterness because if you're in a position to give to somebody, a lot of them will have resentment for that reason. They don't like the fact you're in a position to be able to give them something. See that? And it took me a long time to figure out, like, why would you shoot the hand that constantly, repeatedly feeds you? Finds you a good look. Does the work to lay it off to you. Why? Because there's a resentment in that. And that's how you see what's what and who's who. You can't find out too much about people until you're in certain circumstances. When they have an opportunity to look out for you and when you look out for them. That'll define people. It's often beneficial if you're a leader, if you're a boss type, to give somebody work. To look out for somebody. To give to see who you're dealing with. Because people will implode if you give them something. They're not built for the task. It reveals just as much as when they're in a position to give to you. All this is in how people conduct themselves. And believe me. You can't hang around regular people with regular conversation and think that way. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> the real Bradley gave me this game. He said, training isn't something you did. It's something you do. Meaning, just because you know of certain things, if you don't make it a point to think that way on a consistent basis and clear out a lot of the clutter... That you have in the way. You won't think like this. <clears throat> You're kind of just sleepwalking. Which is what most people do. Which is fine if you want to be regular. But I don't know people around me. Who were ever itching to be. Regular. 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 They say they stand against it. They want to be a superstar. They want to be. Rich, they want to be exceptional, they want to be admired, and in and, and, and our environment in particular, they want to be acknowledged and get attention. That's currency in our environment attention. But when you speak on something, they like to point to other people in their immediate area in their immediate environment who are regular, like. If you want that to be the standard, you can't have it at your convenience. You want to be great, but then you compare yourself to regular non-action takers. Think about it. Anytime you give responsibility to somebody, they don't carry it out. Well, so-and-so don't do it. So-and-so doesn't do it. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it. And then men with dating results. Nah, one guy said, man. The world has continued on all this time. Men meet women. It's, it's a natural thing. It's a normal thing. They never need to get graded, getting dating options and all that. No, 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 no. What people do you know around you who have anything better than whack results? They luck up once in a while. And it's been normalized, so you point to so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm like, so-and-so is around you so much that you deem that as normal. Yeah. And where is so-and-so? That's why there's the top and the bottom. You align yourself with people who you start to compare yourself to. And if you don't make it a point to align yourself around somebody different. You're going to be comparing yourself to non-action takers. And I say that often. 
I don't compare myself to people who are my peers or who started what I do when I started doing it. Maybe I did it first. You use them as a measuring stick. But as time goes by, that's not a tall enough standard. It's just not. Self-improvement isn't about how am I doing in relation to somebody else. And I understand how it gets that way because I know in school we should do that. If you didn't do an assignment, you had some type of silence in the fact that they didn't do it either. She didn't do it. And she didn't do it. So you need it as like a coping mechanism. Like, okay, well, I understand. You want to blend in. There's always that. You don't want to be the person who doesn't blend in. That probably goes back since people first got here. You want to blend into the tribe, to the crowd. I understand that. But think about it. You're blending in. How can you excel and blend in at the same time? There's something that comes with excelling, and that is to no longer blend. I told some young dude earlier today, matter of fact, he made reference to when you go to certain places, people look at you different. Like they stare to see who you are. And I said, man, if you don't blend in, you can be anywhere and people going to look at you like you're odd, like you're different, to try to figure you out. It's natural. The unnatural has to become the natural. You have to understand. I understand. If I go somewhere, why would I blend in? Doesn't make sense. You have to blend in some. But there should be a clear-cut difference in how you carry yourself, who you are, and the people you're around. Before you open your mouth, there's something about you that has to say you're different. Walking with a purpose. Coming in the room with a purpose. As I always say, an order is established. The moment you get anywhere, before you start a conversation, order is established. A rank is established. We have an idea of who's who. And from there, it's on you to either carry it out or mess it up. But let me wrap up. If you're going to be exceptional, be exceptional. But if you do not learn the proper etiquette of receiving... If you do not respect what people lay out for you to benefit from, you're going to self-sabotage. It's you're already self-sabotaging, actually. Something in you feels like you're not worthy. That's one of the most difficult parts about receiving if you feel you're unworthy. You'll purposely destroy favorable looks and you'll start to feel... And this this goes into relationships too, right quick. You'll start to feel that people who see you in a certain light, there must be something wrong with them. That happens in dating a lot. <clears throat> you think a woman is this, that, and other until she hooks up with you. And then, being that she's so compliant, you thinking like, maybe she's not as hot as I thought she was. You know? <laughs> like... like <laughs> You looking for something wrong with this broad now. That's because you're not comfortable with who you are and you feel like you're not worthy for somebody to be looking up at, 
or to be the standard for people around you. So you feel like this person will complete you until you deal with them and then they don't complete you. Which is a never ending task, by the way. You trying to find somebody to complete you. That's the that's the gray area. The confusing part for people in relationships. They say you can't be a person who truly falls in love if you're content. A truly content person cannot fall in love is how it goes. It's just just a theory. But so you want somebody to complete you, but you can't fall in love, you're complete already. So if somebody completes a hole for you, fills a hole for you, you're questioning them and their validity. You got to get a better partner because this person complied. You feel like you're settling, but you didn't need that partner if you were content to begin with. So this is where the relationship people can't get it right. It's a never-ending journey. Like, you're going to have to be content in yourself. Now, the problem with that is what society told you about relationships isn't necessarily true. You don't need a Mr. or Mrs. Right because you're truly content. You can bring somebody around who benefits you. As me and my homie always joke, a wristwatch. She can be a proper wristwatch. She can make the outfit look good, accentuate it. But she's the wristwatch. (laughs) She just is. I'm it already. She can benefit, but she doesn't complete me. She'll be a nice look. I could always use her. You know what I mean? We can benefit each other. So I learned not to think something's wrong with it because she's complying. That's just the proper order. She's supposed to comply because I'm on top of mine. Now I don't have tall expectations for her in that regard. She doesn't have to complete me when when she's not completing me. It doesn't make me look at her like she's not doing her job. See that? We don't have to break up because I love the things I like about her. (laughs) You see that? She doesn't have to be complete me. You see that? She doesn't have to be my other half. So basically, if you do not have proper self-esteem, you don't know how to receive, you don't think you're worthy, you'll always sabotage your situations and you'll never be completely content. Do I believe there are situations where marriages last and they they wind up not looking for anything on the outside? Yeah. And those are circumstances I'll probably get into later, but those are unique circumstances. The ones I've witnessed. You know, but on a small scale, I knew guys in school who once they felt like they couldn't get a better look, they wanted just dealing with somebody who at the time was just good enough. And they'll even say things, even verbalized. You know, she ain't exceptionally hot, but she's cool. It's like they almost accepted the defeat to begin with, and she was a bonus because it was somebody who was going to deal with them. Almost as if <clears throat> they deemed themselves as not enough, but. This partner's adequate or above where I think I am. And after a while, they get used to being around that person. And then their expectations change. This becomes 
a comfortable, suitable situation for them. And they never had taller visions for themselves. They, so basically, these people internalize, I won't get a better option. You understand that? So it already eliminated them looking at certain people and they just accepted it. And, and they were together long enough to where their mindset shifted and just grew into this. I've seen that. And it's funny because all the ones I've seen go from maybe high school started the same way. And they're still with that person. Now, I don't know. I'm not there to know exactly how they think, but they lasted. If only on paper, they stay with each other, you know. So it can be done and you don't have to be the <clears throat> the person with the tallest self-image. Or self-esteem, but it can last and those are unique, like I say, because <clears throat> it, cause it sounds harsh. Well, I can't say what I really want to say, you know. <sighs> I can't say exactly what I really want to say, you know. But I'm trying to make it so it's worded nice here. Let's just say they accepted they they couldn't climb higher. They accepted it and they stopped reaching higher and just concentrate on where they are. So they found contentment. By just accepting where they were. Self-acceptance is good too, you know. You can deal with that. And they've lasted. This one, one guy, he used to rave about this one girl. I mean, average, average, average joint. I mean, I'm like, why on earth are you raving about this one joint? I know it's subjective, you know. Now, people argue that because there are people who are universally hot. Like, even if you don't think, I'm not so much attracted to that person, I do understand they are basically universally hot, meaning 95 out of 100 of the opposite sex probably would like them, right? But he was just raving about this joint. I'm like, and see, part of it is this. If a man, I'm using a man's example, but I know there's been times where there's been a woman who I've not been super excited about when I first saw her. But when she starts cooperating and you see her as a possible fit, you can start to grow into her personality. So there's that. So the only way for me to put myself in his shoes at that time was some regular, random, average joint. Like, okay, maybe she showed him some inkling of interest. And he's a point where he probably felt he wasn't going to do great at all. So he started to see her in some type of light. So for him, she became the ultimate. You know, let me strike what an iron is hot type of thing. And he landed her. I don't know who initiated with the other, but they worked out. So to say, you know, people like to act like I'm anti-relationship. That's not true. Because in that case, at this point, I would tell him not to get out of there. You good already. You won already. You cool where you at. Now, does that mean he does not have any desire for any other woman ever? That's a lie. I'm not around him, but I know that. Because you have people who study evolution and go back and forth and have their own theory about whether... We truly have a desire to be monogamous. And usually they come up with no. Because your whole point basically is 
to mate with the opposite sex and create babies. That's like your drive. It doesn't have to be one. The desire is always there. You've been socially constructed to think you're supposed to have one, you know, to follow the rules. Yeah. But, you know, people who study evolution will tell you different. It's not just one partner and that's it. Because that doesn't have anything to do with anything. There's no rule that govern, governing our person, the human race, to be like, yeah, you're only attracted to the one and then attraction shuts off for other females. If that were the case, that would happen. Attraction would shut off. I met this one and somehow checked. Okay, maker or whoever. I found my one now. Now you're going to shut off my attraction to other members of the sex. No. So if you if you found that one and you do that, people say that. You haven't found the right one. Yet. No, no, no. I'm not in lack. So no one's going to be my one. I, I say I do a marriage by contract. If I would possibly if it makes sense. And they can't stand that. They get irritated with that. Women especially get irritated with that. You know, I just casually like, yeah, if it makes sense, I might do it. What do you mean if it makes sense? You mean, like, you don't think about falling in love? <laughs> I'd be like, man, look here. And truth is, women, it's a deal. You know why y'all say that to me? Your ego can't take the fact that I'm only dealing with you because I'm into you and not the fact that you conned me to be here. There's always manipulation in the game dealing with any woman. Always. So the fact that she did not manipulate me to be here leaves open the fact that I can drop it whenever I see fit or whenever she's not up to par, whenever she's not coming correct. So it gives her less feeling of control in the situation if I'm not manipulated to be here. Because obviously if I'm manipulated to be here and I got D plus game and she runs her C minus game. Then I'm always under illusion that she's the one vagina on earth. Which is why I tell guys that's why a woman will eliminate your options when they first dealing with you. It's not because she's so into you and she's so territorial and so jealous and. She liked me this much, man. She told me I don't want you to do it. Nobody else. This is why they try so hard to get their foot in their door. And eventually they eliminate your options. Because it doesn't matter if you got seven eights. If one of your eights don't act right. It only truly matters if she can make herself the only eight. Or in most guys' cases, the only 6.7. You know what I mean? So no, I wouldn't be there because I fell in love. No, 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 no. I'll be there if it makes sense. Maybe we can have a partnership because it makes sense. You know, she'd be a good look for me because it's a contract. It ain't got nothing to do with falling in love when she's dragging you in the court, my man. You understand? Because she acquires two new cars when you're dealing with her. Two new cars. I said a woman got three cars when you first meet her. Vagina, possession, and victim. And I explained those plenty of times. She acquires two new cards when... You get married and or have kids. And when she dragged you in the court, you could tell, Your Honor, we was in love, we're in love. And she's going to get half. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a contract. Don't let that escape you, man. It's a contract, man. Wise up. 
Don't let them sell to you what society sold to them, all right? I'm going to leave it on that. I've been all over the place here. That's 55 minutes, man. Come on. You know I give it. So the game has spoken. Even more so than that, be kind, be pleasant, and be great. Freeze this, freeze that.